Hello and welcome. We are Cineversal Nerds. I'm Brian. I'm Jesse. Um, today we're going to talk about uh, something uh, that we call underrated gems. It's not something we coined. It's a real term, but it's uh, movies, in our opinions, that um, we feel are really good. Um, they don't get talked about enough. They may have, may have not been huge successes when they came out. Who knows? Um, this Our lists are subjective, um, so, you know... If you have seen these and you don't like them, that's cool. We just these these are our opinions. We're gonna start it off by saying, "What did you watch last, Jesse?" Okay, um, I watched a couple things recently, um, but the first one that kind of goes along with this week's um, subject is uh, it's called "Burn Your Maps." Came out in 2016. It has a Sorry if I slaughter her name. Vera Farmiga. From the Conjuring movies. Yes, Conjuring Universe. That's what a lot of people know her from. I uh, first knew her in Orphan, the Orphan. Running Scared for me. She was in that. Oh, I guess I don't remember her in that. She, That's she funny. She's Paul Walker's girl. And uh, Norma Bates in the Bates mm -hmm. Motel, too, which she annoyed phenomenal me Phenomenal actress. Yeah, she She's is great. phenomenal, and she was supposed to be annoying in that show, but... Um, <laughs> And then uh, Jacob Tremblay. That kid is, is in everything. Awesome. He's, like, like, he's very talented for his age. I don't know how old he is. Best kid actors. Maybe 12 out or there younger. Now, yeah. yeah. So, Doctor Sleep, uh, the Predator, the Predator uh, Wonder, which was mm -hmm. a great movie. That's, that's probably also an underrated gem. Uh, Room, Brie Larson. Yep. And uh, most recently, that Luca movie that yeah, just came that just out came on out. Disney yep. Plus. Yeah, which. At first, when I I, I kind of watched that rec a little bit, and I thought it was the kid who played uh, in Coco. Hmm. It sound they sounded just the same, and I was like, oh. So I had to look <laughs> it up, and I saw it was him. I was like, oh, okay. But anyways, uh, Burn Your Maps is about um, a family who is recently going through some grief. They uh, recently lost like their baby girl, and they have two other children, and. Um, their son Wes has recently had an epiphany that he's a Mongolian goat farmer, hmm. and um, and the dad kind of struggles with that, you know, thinks that it's too much and they take it too far and stuff, you know, because he does a project on it, only wants to wear his homemade Mongolian goat farmer, you know, outfit, and he makes all these goats out of like toilet papers roles and things like that and so the mom finally picks him up or not picks him up but takes him to mongolia with um this other guy that they meet who's making a film on them or him and stuff and so he just you know they go to mongolia and then he you know kind of finds his way as a mongolian goat farmer and like they travel across mongolia and it's, it's just great it's a really great movie it's heartwarming and you know, in the end, they kind of find a way to uh, deal with their grief and stuff. And it's just great. It's heartwarming and a little sad at times, too. But I liked it. Sounds great. Well, what's it on? Uh, I watched on Stars, I think. Oh. I had a free trial, which is ending soon. So I was trying to, like, binge watch as much as I could before I lost my trial. But Okay. All right. I'll have to look into that one. Um, I recently watched a couple movies, uh, 
that are completely different from each other. Uh, and I've seen both of them before, but it's just been a, a very long time, and they, I just happened to scroll past and see it. And uh, one was the classic Disney 1993 adaptation of The Three Musketeers, starring Kiefer Sutherland, Oliver Platt, Charlie Sheen. Um, uh, God. <laughs> oh, Chris I O'Donnell. I was like, Tim, I don't remember. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I watched Three Amigos recently. Tim Curry. That's a great movie, too. That is <laughs> yeah. an amazing movie. But uh, Three Musketeers, it was fun to get back and, and watch that. It's it's silly. It's Disney. But it's very... It's my favorite adaptation of the Three Musketeers story. Yeah, for I can't, sure. I can't say I've, say I've seen much. I think a lot of that has to do with, like, well, the production value is great. Like, it looks good. The action's good. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Charlie Sheen plays a musketeer. Yeah. <laughs> and I like Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Tim Curry is it. the cardinal. I mean, he's always great as a villain, so he's perfect as that. Um, you, uh, you said you watched something else? Uh, the Craft Legacy, mm. which uh, it's not many, like, people that I know from that movie. Um it does have a David Duchovny. David Duchovny? Is that how you say yeah, it? Yeah. Yep. the X-Files. Yep, that guy. <laughs> or a Californication. Um, he wasn't that great. Uh, the, the movie was lacking a lot. Like, it is just, it, it felt really rushed. Is it a sequel or is it a reboot? Um, or I... It, it's kind of a sequel because it does have one tie to the first movie, but you don't really find that out until the end. I don't really want to give it away. Okay, or no anything. spoilers. Yeah, no. But um, so it just like it just was really rushed. It was really weird. Like, um, this girl just like had powers, even though like in the first one, if anyone's seen the first one, they know that they don't really just have them. You know, they like learn. I don't. I don't know. I wasn't that impressed. It was just kind of. Blocked. It's a trend now to make sequels to movies that maybe at the time we wanted when they came out, but now it just seems too late, and it's really like a cash grab because people watch it or see it just based on the title right. alone. Um. But you know that's not the only one. There's tons of movies out there that do that, and sometimes they're okay. Yeah. Like uh, like Bad Boys for Life. It, it has been a very long time since Bad Boys 2, and I would have wanted this movie a long time ago, but it wasn't bad. It was entertaining. Yeah. Um, I've yet to watch that, but... Uh, the other one I watched, which is completely different from Three Musketeers, but also still in the 90s, 1997, Boogie Nights. Okay, John I, Travolta. No, that's oh. um, Saturday Night Fever, Staying oh, Alive. okay. Boogie Nights is Mark Wahlberg and uh, John C. Okay. Riley, Burt Reynolds... Wahlberg is a kid that uh, was uh, born very well endowed, and uh, he, okay. you know, drops out of high school and works crap jobs, and just by ran uh, random, he runs into a super famous porn producer, Burt Reynolds, and Reynolds hires him, and he becomes this huge. He would be a porn producer huge porn with that star mustache. success, and he and he, um, you know, he needs a stage name, so he creates the name Dirk. Diggler as his <laughs> porn name. It's hilarious. And John C. Riley is a co-star. It's got William H. Macy, Julianne Moore, Heather Graham, huge cast. Uh awesome music in the 70s and early 80s. And you know, it kind of takes a little dark turn here and there because it it, it fa they face the reality of being in this business and then having what if you're no longer in that business? What would you do then? 
and having that on your resume, you can't really do much anything else. They won't, no one will hire you. Um, and then they also, the drugs take over a huge part of their lives and yeah, it's a kind of a wake up call type movie, but, uh, very entertaining for the cast and it sounds just, great. <laughs> it is. It's really good. Um, I think it's, God, it's, uh, it was a Miramax movie. I can't remember the the director. I want to say it was, uh, I don't know. I'm on the spot now, so I'm not even going to mm-hmm. say it. So I'm just, um, I knew at one point. Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is also in it. I think oh, it was okay. one of the first movies I've ever seen him in it. He's a very strange character in it. Uh, but yeah, Boogie Nights. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's great. Okay. I watched it on HBO Max, to. so it's on HBO Max. Oh, okay, perfect. I'll watch it. All right, so add it to the list. Yes. So <laughs> episode three, underrated gems. Uh, while making this list, uh, just like the other list, it was very tough. We uh, we have a lot of underrated gems in our minds, um, and who knows? Some of these gems may not be as unpopular as we think they are. Um, maybe you know now they have reached a cult status and and people really like them. But maybe when they came out, they weren't initially well received. And while I was making this list and talking about this list, I was thinking of other movies that I consider underrated gems. So this will actually be a part, a two-part episode, which we will do episode two at a later date uh, of more underrated gems. Because (laughs) I already have for sure. I already have a list for another episode (laughs) of underrated gems. And if you've noticed with our first two episodes in this, I haven't included anything horror-related. Horror is my favorite genre. Mine too. And. I feel horror can be its own separate things. There can be underrated gems horror. There can be favorite horror and stuff like that. So, um, October is going to be fun. Yes, October will be fun. <laughs> so I'm going to get this started. Uh, my first underrated gem, in no particular order, um, came out in the year 2000. It's called Titan AE. And AE stands for After Earth. It was an animated film from the great Don Bluth. Don Bluth directed some of my favorite animated movies from the 80s, including An American Tale and, oh, that movie is and The Secret of Nim <laughs> and Rockadoodle. Um, Never seen Rockadoodle. It was good. Not as good as the other two, but it was good. The animation. I love the animation of Secret of Nim, American Tale. It's all hand-drawn animation. You know, They don't really do that kind of stuff anymore. Even Studio Ghibli doesn't really do that stuff. It's, it's just hours and hours of people drawing pictures and pictures, like hundreds of thousands of pictures to make this amazing hand-painted, hand like everything was so well-crafted. Um, and Titan AE was one of the first, if not the first, but one of the first times they had hand-drawn animation mixed in with the newer technology of CGI. Um, Toy Story had already come out, so the full CGI animation was already a thing, but this one had both. Um, after this movie came out, we had Disney had Atlantis, which had that combo, and then Treasure Planet a year later. So this, I think, was the first. But it wasn't very well received. Um, it does kind of have a pretty simplistic sci-fi plot. I mean, if you're a fan of Star Wars or anything sci-fi, you will totally predict everything in this movie. But I also think if you're a fan of those that genre... You'll like it because it's a great love letter to that. Um, the story is it's in the year 3028, and our young lead character named Kale learns that he holds the key to finding a new livable planet in order to secure humanity after an alien species called the Dredge obliterates the Earth. 
They just destroy the planet right in the beginning of the movie. Um, it's got a great voice cast. Uh, Matt Damon plays Kale. We got Bill Pullman. We got Drew Barrymore, Ron Perlman, John Leguizamo, Jim Brewer, Janine Garofalo. Like, great oh, cast. <laughs> um, it, the animation is beautiful. The CGI animation, you know, it's kind of cheesy now. But it was it was starting, it, that was the starting point. So back then when I saw it in theaters, I thought it was amazing looking. But yeah, while going back and watching, I'm like... Eh, they could have used a little more work on it. Um, it was actually supposed to be released in 1999, but they did not want it to compete with three other huge animated movies that came out, and that was the South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, <laughs> Toy Story 2, and a beloved favorite, The Iron Giant. Oh. So Titan AE would have probably not done well at all. Um, Fox Animation Studios actually went out after this movie because it did not do well. It bombed at the Aww. box office. And Fox Animation Studios only had one other movie besides this in its under its label, and that was Anastasia. Coincidentally, wow. also directed by Don Bluth. Um, <laughs> but then Fox, Studio, Fox Animation Studios did eventually turn into a company called Blue Sky, which we now know who have done all the Ice Age movies. Um... Yeah, so it's a great movie. Uh, it has an awesome soundtrack. I, I bought the soundtrack when I was younger. It features bands like Lit and uh, Jamiroquai and Power Man 5000. <laughs> yes. um, so really cool. It's just got a lot of cool action scenes. And like I said, if you're a fan of sci-fi um, or Star Wars or anything like that, it's going to seem... Which you know I am. It's going to seem familiar. Um, and it just, like I said, it's a total underrated gem in my opinion. It's a lot of fun to watch. It sounds really great, actually. <laughs> Another weird little trivia thing is uh, the the head of um, 20th Century Fox at the time, his name was Bill Mechanic. He was actually fired because of the box office failure. Like, the creators, the, the owners fired him um, because of this. Because they Well, they actually gave him a warning for greenlighting a movie that they didn't want to be greenlit. But what do studios know? Because that movie was Fight Club that he greenlit and the studio was like no no don't do that this is your warning oh, and, and then, then look, and then yeah. titan aev failed and they're like oh you're out of here yeah uh, yeah fight club's awesome by the way <laughs> that's definitely a cult classic so yeah check out titan AE. uh it's very entertaining if you like animated movies sci-fi it's great okay uh my first underrated gem which i guess i don't technically know if it's an underrated gem i just know it kind of got um What's that word? Uh, screwed over last year during COVID and everything because it came out last... Well, it was supposed to come out in theaters last year, um, which was The King of Staten Island. Um, but I think it just went straight to... Not DVD or video, but streaming platforms, Netflix, I guess. Netflix, I think, right? Nope. Um, no. I know it was on Vudu. Do you have to pay for it? Um, I watched it on HBO. Um, I think it was HBO. Yeah, COVID kind of screwed a lot of movies yeah so <laughs> you know and i just haven't really heard like a lot about it and i i'm not like a huge fan of pete davidson um but i thought he did really good in this film like it, it made me see him a little differently even though he kind of plays that typical character but um it was really good um basically uh pete davidson plays scott who's been a case of arrested development uh since his dad died who was a firefighter um, he smokes a lot of weed and wants so desperately to become a tattoo artist and open up a restaurant slash tattoo parlor, <laughs> even though he's not that great at it. Uh, his mom starts dating Ray, who's played by a uh, Bill Burr. 
I who love Brian Bill loves, Burr. yes. Love <laughs> who is also a firefighter. Um, he doesn't really handle that well, you know, because he's kind of upset with his mom, you know, for possibly going through the same thing that she went through with his dad. Um, and it all ends with them kind of like brawling and the mom seeing them and then kicking them both out. Um, so, and then Pete Davidson actually ends up staying with uh, Ray and the other firefighters at his station and um, who have some of them who have um, in the past has known or worked with his dad. So we got to hear some stories and stuff. And then he, he just like learns a lot and ends up growing up in the process and it helps him with his grief and to take the next steps in life. So basically, you know, just, just grow up. So I don't know how old he was. I can't remember, but, um, but it was really great. He, uh, there was a point where he tries to tattoo a child <laughs> who is Bill Burr's son. And that's how, uh, <laughs> Ray and his mom meets, which is hilarious. Um, and then he, uh, Ray actually ends up letting him tattoo him, too. And he's like, don't put anything stupid on me. And then at the end, you realize, like, it's a bunch of stupid shit <laughs> on his entire back. And it's hilarious. But um, it was uh, directed by... Uh, Judd, Judd Apatow? Yep. Who did, you know, Knocked Up, 40-Year-Old Virgin, uh, This is 40, you know... A lot of stuff the, with his the wife, master, Leslie Mann. The master of the two hours plus runtime comedy movies. <laughs> yeah, I think this movie originally had like a two hour and 55 minutes runtime. <laughs> seems t- typical for him. I think it like ended up being 207, but 2015 or 215 with uh, credits. But mm. but it was worth it. Like it kind of ended and I was like, oh, that's it. I kind of want more. You know, <laughs> it's just like one of those, you know, films. But um and like Scott, P. Davidson's dad also was a firefighter who um, died while rescuing people in the World Trade Center on 9-11. Mm-hmm. Uh, his dad didn't die like that in the movie. Right. But, and then uh, Steve Buscemi is also in the movie. I love Steve Buscemi. Yeah. And he so plays good. a firefighter and he and actually... And he was. Yeah, yep, he, he was, was a, firefighter a firefighter in his 20s and actually volunteered after 9-11 yeah. to go through the rubble and stuff. And, he's a good man. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, Pete Davidson is definitely an acquired taste. Um, yeah. I, I don't know too many people that really like him. I know he's supposed to be in that new Suicide Squad movie, and they're like, I hope he dies, you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah. I don't know. I've, I've uh, seen him on, I think, some of the roasts, maybe. Um, yep, and, and Saturday Night Live. Saturday and stuff. Night Live, I, mostly. I think he's pretty funny. He's not um, my favorite, but I don't hate the guy. He was actually in this movie I watched uh, a few weeks ago called The Setup, and he was actually pretty good in that too. He wasn't like a main character, just kind of in it here now and then. But um, yeah, like you said, he is an acquired taste and he's not like my super favorite person, but I really enjoyed this film and I liked him in this film. Sounds so. great. I think I'll check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, um, my next one is uh, kind of another sci-fi movie uh, and it's from 1998 um, director Alex Proyas uh, started off in Hollywood making a fantastic movie, The Crow. And then after The Crow, he did this movie, which is on my list, Dark City. Um, never, I really like this movie. It uh, it was kind of one of those where it was kind of complex to and yet to kind of think about. And I think at the time, people didn't want to think about it and make their own decisions on things so it didn't it just kind of flew by um i thought it was very bold and and innovative 
the story is about uh, it's John Murdoch. He wakes up to find that he's wanted for a series of murders that he has absolutely no recollection of. Uh, he attempts to discover his true identity and clear his name while avoiding the police and these mis- in this mysterious group called the Strangers and in this nightmarish noir-like world where it seems to not have any daylight. And these strangers have this, this weird power that can change and alter the city to their will. Bend the buildings, twist them around, change things. Um, it was just really cool. It was, really, it was different to me is what I liked it. Uh, this was actually Roger Ebert's favorite movie of 1998, and he actually recorded a very great commentary uh, track on the DVD Blu-ray. Um, it stars Rufus Sewell. He's most notably known for playing villains. Uh, he was the villain in A Knight's Tale. Oh, okay. He's, he's all, he I has, was like, I don't he know He has that, that face of a villain, but this one, yeah, he's kind of does. the protagonist, so it's a little odd to see him like that. Although, you know, he's supposedly a serial killer in it, so I guess he's still sort of a villain. <laughs> uh, Kiefer Sutherland is also in it, William Hurt, Jennifer Connelly, and Richard Riff Raff O'Brien from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, he's okay. in the movie. Alex Preuss is a huge fan of him and actually wrote his character specifically for him. He plays one of the strangers. Um, the movie, it just it has a really cool look to it. The cinematography is gorgeous. The set design is really cool. It's all sets. There's nothing in this movie that was shot on location. It takes place in a city, and our character's trying to get to a place called Shell Beach, and you do see like a dock and a lighthouse. None of that stuff was on location. It's all sets. Um, very, uh, it was just easier for them to make. Um, it's influenced by a combination of detective noir movies from the 40s and sci-fi features like Metropolis and The Twilight Zone. Um, I will say the director's cut of the movie, which is available, um, is the definitive version to watch. The theatrical cut was edited by Studio Meddling because they thought the audience was stupid. Um, they actually... See, Alex Proyas wanted to, you know... He wanted to make a film that was open to interpretation. He realized that the studio wanted um, it to be shown to the biggest audience possible. It was the first time in his career that the studio actually asked him to dumb it down. He said that not every film has to appeal to everybody. Watering down a film to make it more appealing loses the film's original intention. He felt the director's cut would have been the more profitable one than the theatrical cut. But you know, what? what do they know? Um, and, and it's true. I've seen both versions, and the director's cut is definitely better. Um, it's not one, always the case, though. Yeah, but sometimes <laughs> it can. It, you can see why they cut scenes out and things like that for time. But a movie like this, yeah, the director's cut's way better. Um, but yes, it it it, it, it <laughs> the theatrical version definitely dumbs it down. Um, one of the biggest differences is Kiefer Sutherland plays a scientist in the movie, and he sort of knows a lot about the technology and the things that are going on. In the theatrical cut, he narrates the beginning of the movie and basically tells you every single thing that's going on. Everything. In the director's cut, the narration is gone because he wants the audience to think about and figure it out for themselves. Right. So... Um, but yeah, no, it's really cool. Um, it is a little slow starting. It's very dark and gothic. Um, it's, uh, not as good as The Crow, but I liked it better than any other movie Alex Proyas did after Dark City. He did iRobot. 
He did uh, Knowing with Nicolas Cage. Oh, um, <laughs> you know, the ever so amazing Gods of Egypt with Gerard Butler. I'm just kidding. The movie's terrible. Yeah, that movie sucks. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, I hope you're joking. <laughs> I, I, Dark City, to me, is a total underrated gem. I, I'm, I want people to really to just ch- check it out. Um, it does get compared to The Matrix a lot looking back, even though it came out before The Matrix, but it has similar things the dark trench coats and jumping parkour stuff and things like that so um, <laughs> parkour <laughs> yeah i mean not really but for some reason people like to compare the two even though they're completely yeah. different but i think it's because they're the characters are somewhere where it may not be real so maybe that another film comes to mind which almost made the list uh the 13th floor now you could say that one could be more compared to the matrix because that movie's cool i Never mean heard i'm gonna save either. i'm gonna save that one for the next <laughs> okay. the next part but uh yeah dark city check it out um he actually got the idea for this movie while filming the crow uh while he was with the crew setting up different sets and buildings he thought in his head what if buildings could like twist and form and do things and then that kind of branched out and unfortunately you know brandon lee did die during the making of the crow but if he didn't it was a good chance he probably would have been the lead in dark city so that would have been great i'm sure all right uh my next movie is scott pilgrim versus the world love that movie definitely definitely underrated because i know it flopped at the box office only grossing 49.3 million out of the 85 million oh my god (laughs) what was wrong with people like that movie's awesome and you know yeah the humor is great like the video game like the fight scenes there's a lot of gamers out there and a lot of you know the pop culture references Mm -hmm. this movie if this movie was released now it would be huge yeah that's true maybe people weren't ready for that kind of movie yet i don't know but that's ridiculous <laughs> so basically you got scott pilgrim who is played by michael Sarah. uh he plays in an up-and-coming uh garage rock band he's dating uh knives chew chow can't don't, sorry her name's knives uh played by <laughs> ellen wong uh, uh, but still isn't over his former girlfriend, who is successful with her own band. Uh, Scott meets and falls for Ramona Flowers and has trouble breaking up with knives, so he's trying to juggle them both. He uh, tries to romance Ramona, but she comes with bigger baggage than him. Oh, yeah. Seven ex-lovers yeah. who Scott must battle to the death to win Ramona. <laughs> And it is great. How can this movie not make money with a plot like that? I'm just kidding. No, it's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it like sounds crazy, but it it really is good. And it's uh, basically done in the style of a musical, but instead of everyone breaking into song and dance, they uh, break into a big fight. That's a that's a, a trope that Edgar Wright has mastered. Yeah, and it's uh, basically like a like a Street Fighter type mm-hmm. like eight bit video game battle. No, it's super cool. Yeah. Great cast too, Chris Evans. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, I don't. Okay. Oh, sorry, I lost my place for a second. Uh, and uh, one of the things is like uh, I know Brian mentioned this earlier, which I, I did notice too. Like Ramona's hair changes every scene. And her bag also changes with her hair color, which represents uh, different Zelda goddesses, apparently, from The Legend of Zelda. Great game. Great series, let's say. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Nintendo references and music, and it's great. 
It's, de it's definitely, definitely underrated. Mm -hmm. Based on a series of comic books, and the comic books are really good. The video game is pretty good, um, although the video game's based on the movie, which is based on the comics, but the animation style is from the comics, but I don't know. It could be either or, but I, it came in way after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never you played know, the game, but I'm I, not... I th I've seen it played, but never played it myself. I'm not sure, but uh, when exactly it was released in 2010, but um, there were a lot of other big movies that came out that year that maybe it, it just got... Overshadowed. Yeah, I mean, not to say I'm a huge fan of it, but it made a lot of money. Grown Ups came out that year. Mm. Uh, the first Expendables. Uh, and then a few other um, actual like comic book movies came out around the same time. Red and The Losers with, with Chris Evans. I actually really enjoyed Red. I like The Losers. That was great. Uh, I think I've seen that. I don't. I don't know if I liked it quite as much, but I'm a sucker for Bruce Willis. And so. A Team and Salt and The Town. Ben Affleck's The Town. Mm -hmm. Titanic Two came out. I mean, who knows? That movie probably <laughs> took all of Scott Pilgrim's. Yeah, that one definitely made more money. <laughs> um, yeah, great soundtrack. Uh, like I said, awesome. Um, actors in it i was we were just talking about this earlier and my favorite scene is the vegan police busting brandon <laughs> routh for talking about that he ate uh what was a dairy one time oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> and uh, uh what's her face uh allison pill who plays kim pine uh never i think she blinked how many times during the whole she's movie always like has once the or stare. three times or something <laughs> like that I also thought uh, Kieran Culkin was great. Macaulay's little brother. Yeah. Most know him, the little kid. I'm pretty sure he's the one who wets the bed in Home Alone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> can't drink, uh, yep, can't drink too much soda before mm -hmm. bed. I think he pops up in almost all of Macaulay's movies somewhere in the background. Because I even think okay. he's one of the little kids in Uncle Buck with Macaulay Culkin. Okay, I think you might be right. I wonder if he's in Saved. I don't know. It's been a while since yeah. I've seen that one. <laughs> Me too. Um, no, Scott Pilgrim's awesome. I actually kind of want to go home and watch it again. I know. It's I, been a while. <laughs> I, as I was writing all of this and stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, I should have watched this before. And Edgar Wright is now one of those directors in my mind that um, I've enjoyed every movie that he's made. Um, Shaun of the Dead, then Hot Fuzz, and then... Scott Pilgrim, then The World's End, and then Baby Driver. Which I love all those movies. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know he was the director. I guess yeah. I, I don't really like look into that stuff like you. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, and I then know. we have his new one coming out this year, hopefully, uh, with the pandemic still going on, called Last Night in Soho. So it's his his shot at a horror thriller type movie. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it looks interesting. I watched the trailer, I think, uh, last week for that. Yeah, I... I'm very excited to see anything that Edgar Wright does. Like I said, I would have loved to have seen what he would have done with Ant-Man before he left the project. So, oh well. Maybe he'll get another chance to do an, a Marvel movie later in the future. Or show. Marvel show. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, he could do that. All right. Um, well, my next one, uh, we're taking a break from sci-fi and going into the drama comedy uh, genre. This one came out in two dramedies. Dramedies, yeah. <laughs> this one came out in 2013. It is called The Way Way Back. Oh, that movie is so great. It's so good. It's I and and honestly, watching the trailer when it first came out, I was like, oh, this looks okay. But then I 
said, you know what, screw it. And then I rented it, and I was like, I should have seen this immediately when it came out. It's probably my favorite movie of 2013. It's so well acted. It's very relatable. It's a total coming-of-age type story of a um, socially awkward kid that goes on summer vacation with his mother and her weird uh well not weird but like kind of mean boyfriend <laughs> yeah. and his daughter and his bitch of a daughter um he has a rough time fitting in with anybody until he finds um an un- unexpected friend named owen who runs a water park called the water whiz which is actually the same water park in grown-ups and it's actually called the water whiz in grown-ups really same location <laughs> That's and funny. everything um the way way back uh the the title so they originally wanted to just call it the way back but there was another movie that came out in 2010 called The Way Back, so they couldn't didn't want to confuse the two. Yeah. Um, so they called it The Way Way Back, and it actually refers to that um, that third, often hidden seat in the very back of a station wagon. Um, the movie is uh, written and directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. Um, they both won an Oscar uh, for writing The Descendants with uh, G- George Clooney. Um, Jim Rash love the guy he plays the dean on community and he's also in the movie oh, okay. the way way back as well uh this movie has a, an amazing cast um liam james is our main uh character duncan which i haven't seen in uh in much of anything um so it must be a first a first movie but it also stars steve carell tony collette allison janney maya rudolph and the amazing Sam Rockwell. Oh, I will watch Sam, Ro- Sam Rockwell in anything. Yes. He's so good. I've loved the guy since his first movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where he played a Foot Clan yeah, member yeah, yeah. Giving, yeah. giving cigarettes to it's these so kids. so funny because I remember watching that a few years ago, and I was like, oh, my God, is yeah. that Sam Rockwell? Oh my and then God. he was a total crazy bastard in The Green Mile, and then yeah. ever since then, he's just, he's just so good. I love Psychopaths. Seven Psycho... God, that's going to be on the next yeah, list. Yeah, that's a great Anything movie. by that dire- Martin <laughs> McDonough. I mean, that guy is awesome. No, way, way back. Like I said, it's so relatable. It's it's um, it's predictable, for sure. But you just fall in love with all the characters, and they're so wonderfully written. They're fleshed out. Um, they all have arcs, and they're all completed. It's just... It's a very well-made movie, and, and I think it's the... The script is genius. The dialogue is great. The jokes are very funny. Allison Janney is the drunken neighbor with her weird son with the wandering eye. Great characters. <laughs> yeah, I um, forget. I haven't seen that movie in so Amanda long. <laughs> Peet and Rob Corddry from Hot Tub Time Machine pop up as friends of Steve Carell. Uh, this is the first time for me seeing Steve Carell as sort of um, an asshole character. Yeah. I, I haven't watched The Office much, so I didn't. Uh, I know that he's kind of an, an ass in that. But yeah, but he's, he's kind of an ass, but like a different kind of ass, you know? Like in this one, he's kind of like a he's a believable, mean stepfather esque type yeah. character. Um, so that was new. Tony Collette's always great in in everything, and Maya Rudolph is is funny. Um, but but Sam Rockwell, other than the kid, Sam Rockwell totally steals the show because oh, yeah. he's, you know, they the he's he's having some trouble right now in his life, and he him meeting Duncan, our lead character, they kind of help each other on figuring out you know who they are in their life and and where things are going, and you know, Duncan has to get out of that rut that he's in of not fitting in and being socially awkward and. Like I said, they help each other. Like, it's a very heartwarming movie. Mm-hmm. Brilliant performances. So, highly recommend this movie. 
I definitely, I second that because it is great. <laughs> that is one I have seen. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, my next movie is called About Time. Uh, it came out in 2013. It's about time. Yeah. <laughs> it's about time. Which about? I don't know if this is technically an underrated gem. Um, again, it's like a movie I haven't really heard a lot about, but I have seen and it is so great. Um, it's got, uh, I always slaughter his name because it's, it's just spelled so weird. Uh, Domno, uh, Gleason. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was, um, Bill Weasley. Oh, right. Harry Potter. He's from Harry Potter. Star Wars, one of the new, the, yeah, he's a general Knox. I think his name is or something. Don't quote me on that. Sorry if I did not say that correctly but uh yeah he's good um and then it also has rachel mcadams oh yeah okay and uh bill nye oh yeah um philip from Shaun of the dead <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> which uh i'm pretty sure he's also from the harry potter universe um an underworld he's in oh yeah movies. Yep. Not to be confused with Bill Nye, the science guy, even though I think their last names kind of Bill... sound similar. Yeah, I know. I was like, I always slaughter these names because I'm like, I never really hear them out loud, I guess. Um, but basically, at the age of 21, Tim, uh, his father tells him the men in their family can time travel. Um, he can, can't change history, but he can change what happens or happens in his own life. Uh, he decides to make his world a better place and tries to get a girlfriend which is a lot harder than he thinks uh he meets mary who is rachel mcadams and falls in love um and in unfortunate incident makes it so that they never met and they meet again and again until he wins her heart once more and uh it's just funny you know he like makes mistakes that i'm sure all of us has made dating you know and stuff like that and it's just like witty it's touching and very relatable and uh it makes you appreciate the simplest of moments in your life um so it's kind not... of like a happier butterfly effect yeah yes <laughs> it's it's just like really great like i haven't really heard anybody who doesn't really like this movie but again it's like also a movie like i haven't heard a lot about I probably so. just never watched it yeah it's i've never seen it but you know what your little review of it i think i want to see it yeah you should definitely watch it you it might be a film that i like time travel stuff yeah and you know it's it is a you know a romance comedy but um but i think it's one that everyone will enjoy you know it's not just like one of those cheesy predictable like the lake house yeah (laughs) or the notebook or you know like (laughs) any nicholas sparks movie but (laughs) But yeah, it's it's definitely one I recommend. Great, I, I, no, that sounds great. I don't think you can watch if you watch it and do not like it, you do not have a soul. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple movies that I I say that about. You know, I, I I still say that if you can watch Grave of the Fireflies and not cry, then you have no soul. I've never seen it because I know you've told me it's so sad and I was like I'm never watching that I do love Ghibli movies though but I that is one I I kind of put on the back burner because of that like I don't want to cry I'm not crying you're crying (laughs) yeah I don't have my heart broken okay about time when did that uh come out 
2013. Okay. So like eight Not years ago. ago, yeah. I'll check it out. Is it, do, do you know if it's on any? Have you seen it's it on Netflix? I believe. Okay. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, unless they take it out on all Netflix switches through their movies, like that's true. Like nothing. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. Sounds great. Um. All right. So, my next one. <clears throat> going uh, going back to the '90s, 1998. I think in the '90s had a lot of great movies like the 80s definitely had <clears throat> had uh, a lot of the uh, best like comedies and horror movies but 90s i think had the best action movies um i do agree they just don't make movies like that anymore they don't want to take chances same anymore. with some comedies it's, from the 90s too. I, I also think Early it has 2000s. a lot to do with people being offended by things nowadays so other than movies like deadpool obviously but like yeah you just not a lot of people take chances anymore. Yeah. Anyways, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Who knows? Well, this one, 1998, it's called The Big Hit. Uh, I love this movie. It's it's really, it's over the top uh, violence, over the top uh, comedy. Every Everything is over the top, and it's so unbelievable and ridiculous, but it's so entertaining. Um, Mark Wahlberg, it's one of his first movies... Uh, of his acting career. It was after Fear, the movie Fear, that he did. Oh, okay, Reese with Reese Witherspoon. Yep. It might even been around the same time, because both were in the 90s. But this was... Um, when you watch it, he's incredibly young in the movie. Well, he, he's a hitman. And uh, his na- he has the greatest name for a hitman. Melvin Smiley is his name. <laughs> uh, he's a successful hitman who falls in love with the goddaughter of his own boss during a misunderstood kidnapping. Oh! my gosh um, i've seen this movie okay i you know what's funny is i've been wanting to re-watch this movie but i can't find I it anywhere it. okay oh my it's gosh so yes good. i love this movie um his co-workers devised a plan to kidnap the daughter of a wealthy businessman um not knowing the businessman is actually bankrupt and his daughter is the goddaughter of their own boss <laughs> um uh, Melvin's world is turned upside down, and he now faces double crosses, a money-hungry second girlfriend, impressing his first girlfriend's parents, and being stalked by a video store clerk concerned with a late rental. <laughs> it's <laughs> such a ridiculous movie, but that's what makes it so entertaining. Um, like, he's this kind of guy. Like, he's really good at his job. He's really good at killing people. But it's so ridiculous watching him do it. I mean, he's flipping all over the place, doing a bunch of parkour stunts <laughs> and dodging bullets. Like, it's so ridiculous, but it's so fun. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips is also in the movie, and he is incredible. He's so funny. Great. Uh, Christina Applegate, uh, Bokeem Woodbine, and uh, Elliot Gould, who plays her father, that he has to impress and not uh, give any alcohol to, but actually accidentally does, and he gets all crazy. And that, that's a funny <laughs> scene. Um, but funny enough, the role of Melvin was actually originally written for Martin Lawrence, and Martin Lawrence turned it down. I'm kind of glad he did, although I would have wanted to see what Martin Lawrence did with it. Uh, John Woo, famous uh, action movie director, was a producer on the movie, so there are a lot of scenes um, directed to sort of homage his um, his style, um, and it works. Uh, like I said, the, the humor is stupid and funny, and the action is so over the top, but it's, it's such a blast to watch, and there's an amazing... Um, big action sequence at the end of the movie and people are shooting at each other and things blowing up all inside a video store. It's fantastic. (laughs) The big hit. 
I recommend it. Yeah, I was thinking about that movie a while ago, and I was like, I wonder what that was called. I knew what it was about, and I knew I had Mark Wahlberg in it, but I just, like, never... I think I looked it up, and then I just couldn't find it, mm. you know, to watch anywhere. And, uh... But I do remember seeing that when I was younger and loving it, thinking it was hilarious. But I, I don't know if it did well or not because it was there were a like a a bunch of action movies with hitmen and assassins that came out around that same time, and but the other ones were a little more serious in tone, and this one was definitely goofy, um, like the replacement killers with Chow Yun Fat and uh, the Corrupter. With Mark Wahlberg and a few other movies, <laughs> and they're all, yeah, they were more uh, aimed, uh, the more serious in tone. So um, it might have, like I said, it might have just got overshadowed by those. I'm not sure, but I do remember seeing Big Hit when it came out on video. I don't think I saw it in theaters, but I definitely rented it uh, on VHS when it came out and wanted to keep re renting it over and over just because it was so great. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely have to borrow that. Got it. Okay, my next movie, which, again, I don't know is an underrated film. Um, I do know some people personally who do not like this movie, um, which is Labyrinth. I thought uh, it was okay. I think I still like The Dark Crystal more, but... Oh, see, I watched. I did watch The Dark Crystal for the first time recently. I haven't seen the, the Netflix series yet. I haven't either. Um, I know it got Here, canceled. I got got canceled after first one season so then it's, it kind of put me off from watching it because like staple i know it just makes <laughs> me so angry like why you don't need a bunch of new content you need content that people want you know like you yeah, need keep it going yeah you need more seasons of sh- content that people are already watching we're still mad about santa clarita diet yes <laughs> yes and especially the way it ended i'm like son of a bitch but okay but anyways labyrinth i love this movie um i did I actually loved this movie before I watched Dark Crystal, which that is still a great film. Um, but basically, it's you know it's got David Bowie. Can't go wrong with that. He plays the Goblin King. It's great. Music is great. Um, so Sarah, played by uh, Jennifer Connelly, young Jennifer Connelly. I mean, this movie is from 1986. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's babysitting her baby brother um, one evening, and who won't stop crying. So she just, like, makes a wish that he would be taken by the Goblin she's King. She's not a good babysitter. No, she's terrible. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, unknown to her, that's exactly what would happen. He got kidnapped by goblins. Well, the Goblin King. Not goblin, it's but, all her fault. Uh, when she goes to rescue him, the Goblin King gives her 13 hours to solve the labyrinth and rescue Toby. Um, There's so many cute and kooky characters that I love in this movie. And sometimes they're, like... When I first saw this movie, I know I was, like, a little creeped out by some of the puppets. <laughs> I was creeped out by Bowie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Him, too, yeah. Those tights, man. But uh, <laughs> but I, I just think it's overall a really good movie. The soundtrack's good. Um, Jim Henson actually directed this film, and uh, the costumes and puppeteering was legit. So much time and effort put into this film, and it showed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, like now it's definitely considered a cult classic but maybe when it came out it really didn't yeah i'm not sure um but like i said like i know some people don't like this movie and like i don't really hear a lot about it but it's a kids movie but the 80s with kids movies 
they were kind of on the edge of being are they really for kids right because i mean the puppets (laughs) i mean yes some of them are creepy like some kids probably get creeped out and scared by some of these movies kind of like there's some scary stuff in never ending story and return to oz has some of that stuff i've never seen that movie but i heard it's frightful (laughs) it is it's great (laughs) yeah i'll have to watch it but um yeah i definitely recommend labyrinth if you haven't seen it already or aren't a fan even if you haven't seen it watch it again yeah yeah exactly i know my nieces love it which surprised me but i know that was one that they watched a lot maybe do a, a double feature watch that in dark crystal back to back yeah is dark crystal on netflix i don't know i don't know either <laughs> I th- I, well I, maybe the I don't know. show is on there no no idea may i've You'd think they would, but if they don't, then I wouldn't be surprised either. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Labyrinth. Um, all right, my next one. Um, I saw it when it came out, and then after it came out, it just... No one really talked about it anymore. Uh, 2006 is when it was released. Lucky number Slevin. Um, so funny. I'm pretty sure I almost put that on my list. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. I, I actually, it wasn't initially on my list. I do love it. I do own it. But I didn't think about it. I was at work uh, the other day, and I was telling some uh, co-worker about my, my list of underrated gems, and he actually mentioned that one. And I was like, oh, yeah, damn. I'm putting yeah. that on my list because <laughs> I totally forgot. That, that is, it's true. Um it's a it's about a case of mistaken identity it land, uh, a case of mistaken identity lands Slevin our lead character uh, into the middle of a rivalry war between two of the most dangerous crime bosses uh, the boss and the rabbi who own buildings uh, that are right across the street from each other um, to settle a huge debt that the boss unknowingly mistakes Slevin for owing uh, he must kill the rabbi's son uh, as revenge for the murder of the boss's son Slevin meets uh, his neighbor, Lindsay, uh, who he hits it off with, and she works at the the morgue, and she gets in with him and tries to help him with his dilemma while avoiding a dangerous hitman named Mr. Goodcat, who works for both bosses, and <laughs> Detective Brukowski, who is chasing... Name. Yeah, who is chasing the bosses. Um, it's directed by Paul McGuin... Mc, Mc, Mcguigan? Sorry if I mispronounced that. Oh my god, you he, actually slaughtered a name? I can't believe I it. I don't think I've I'm ever said his name before. <laughs> I'm just uh, but he directed Wicker Park and oh, uh, god. Push, the movie Push <laughs> with uh, like Chris Evans. Evans and, and uh... Uh, This movie has an awesome cast. Uh, Josh Hartnett uh, plays Slevin. We, uh, the two bosses are Morgan Freeman and Ben Kingsley. The, the cop is uh, Stanley Tucci. The neighbor Lindsay is Lucy Liu. And the hitman Mr. Goodcat is the great bruce willis um it's a well-crafted well-paced action thriller with brilliant cinematography and set designs the cast is incredible and they have amazing chemistry with each other uh both morgan freeman and ben kingsley are so good in their roles they're so good as the antagonists like just bouncing off each other um being being in this rivalry it's it's so good it's so wonderful to watch them it's wonderfully written there's excellent humor sprinkled in and there's a great twist ending that i did not see coming when I first saw it, which I'm not going to talk about because yeah. you need to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, don't go um, away. It's it. The pace is a little, little slow, a little different, but it's setting it up. It's setting up the characters. It's building. It's throwing in some clues here and there. 
Um, it, it reveals st some stuff, and then it doesn't reveal much at all, but it keeps you guessing towards the end. Um, definitely a wonderful movie, in my opinion. Check it out. No, I definitely agree. It's been a while. Okay, my last movie is Guns Akimbo. God, I love that movie. It's, it's one of my favorites so of two, 2019, great. I think. Yes, 2019. Um, it's got <sighs> Daniel Radcliffe in there, um, which everyone knows is Harry Potter. Um, not anymore. He's old now. I know. Well, also, like, no, he's know. made not, such not, a great career I'm, for himself. I'm not arguing with you. No, it's like, it's like uh, Robert Pattinson. He's not Edward anymore. So it's just yeah, like Daniel Radcliffe is not there. Harry Potter anymore. Yeah. I love this movie so, so much. And Was I the one that told you about it? No, I actually watched it, and then I was going to ask you to watch it, and then you were like, I've seen it, it's so oh, great, yeah, and then I, I was like, oh, I read okay. about it, and I bought it the day it came out, and I never even watched it, but I knew I wanted to see it, and I just bought it. I think it was on Prime or something, and Josh and I watched it, and I was just, like, blown away how great it was, but uh, you got Miles, played by Daniel Radcliffe, who is a computer programmer who spends his evenings pining for his ex, Nova, and uh, scouring the internet as a troll. Hey, he loves Cow being a troll, trolling yep. sites. <laughs> Cowardly leaving anonymous insults uh, while he feels safe behind his computer. He decides to troll the wrong people, a cyber gang called Schism, who runs an online fight to the death match. He is kidnapped and then awakens with two guns literally bolted to his hands, forced into the game. Initially, Miles is running from his uh, the game and manages to elude his seemingly unstoppable opponent, opponent Nyx, who is played by a Samara Weaving. She's awesome. Yeah, she is I, awesome. I, like I loved her in Ready or Not. I mm -hmm. thought that movie was great. She's good in Bill and Ted Face the Music. And um, so until Nova, his ex, uh, gets kidnapped and he has to start taking an active part in the game. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's this one scene <laughs> that is hilarious when he's trying to learn how to pee with his oh, gun God. hands. And, uh, just learning how to do anything because he, he has he has completely lost the functions of using of his hands except for shooting the guns that's yeah. the only thing he can do with his hands and also you, you have to mention what he's wearing the whole movie because he can't really put on clothes very well oh, yeah. so like a good chunk of the movie i think what he's just wearing a, a robe and boxer shorts yeah, running yeah. around the streets with guns <laughs> yeah. bolted to that's his hands true. i totally forgot I mean... about that that's hilarious <laughs> But the humor in this movie is everything, and um... yeah, if you're a if you're a fan of like ultra violence and humor and um, some video game references uh, here and there, uh, oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's such an entertaining movie. This is definitely one of my favorite roles from Daniel Radcliffe. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think it's in my top five favorite movies released of 2019. So definitely yeah it's, it's just it's just great and uh nick's actually uh her pistol's name uh kindness which is written on the sign so she's like literally killing people with kindness <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and that scene where he is uh trying to like pee and stuff like learn how to pee with his uh gun hands uh that's actually the scene that daniel Rad radcliffe uh read in the script and he's like i gotta play this guy <laughs> It's 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 always interesting to find out what makes an actor want to take the role of something, 
and in in Daniel Radcliffe's case, it's trying to pee with gun hands. Yeah, it's just like That's so amazing. different than I anything I've ever watched, and it, it's definitely like something I recommend to anyone. I, I like even though a, it's so weird, you know. Like... Absolutely, I like a lot of these <laughs> actors taking a chance. You know, they're known for specific movies. And they're branching out, not necessarily to Oscar award-winning movies, but just trying something new and and creative and doing it that way. Elijah Wood is another person that's like that. Oh, you know, yeah. We know him as Frodo, or we know him as a kid actor from like The Good Son and Radio Flyer, but now he does movies like Come Daddy. to Daddy. Yeah, and... oh, Daddy. I was almost at Daddy's <laughs> Home, but yeah, Come to Daddy. Maniac and all these weird movies, yeah. and he's great, so... I hope more more actors do that, but yeah, Guns Akimbo is awesome. Yeah, Samara Weaving. If I remember, does she have eyebrows? I don't think so. I don't, okay, yeah, I uh, I know that she like kept her character and like kept wearing what she was wearing, and she like got refused service at like restaurants and stuff because she was so weird. Because she has no but, eyebrows. That's messed up. I know, and I'm like, because <laughs> she looks all messed up and like, but it was great. I loved it. Yeah, very very fun. Um, I have one last one. Um, it, this one came out in 2012. It, I, I don't believe it went to theaters. It might have, but if it did, it was a limited run. Uh, it's called Upside Down. Oh, that was. The, I think I've only seen it once. The story is pretty. Um, I mean, it, it's been done. This plot structure has been done to death. I mean, like I said, Hollywood has well like seven plot structures and they just redo the same story for every movie um this is that it's a love story so you got a boy and a girl who love each other but society doesn't like it because of their classes one being wealthy one being poor kind of a romeo and juliet type thing um although there's no the ending tragedy i guess um so, but in this one, it's 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 different. It's unique. Um, this is sort of a sci-fi movie. Uh, in this universe, there are two Earths that grew on top of each other in the solar system, and they both have their own separate gravity. There's one building that connects the two Earths that a majority of people work at. So when you're walking in the the office, the cubicles, you can like look on the ceiling, and there's the second Earth's employees in their gravity and in, in their cubicles. And in these two worlds, it's like forbidden for um, the people from both planets to com- talk to each other and hang out. Um, like they, they're not allowed to, and they're they also physically can't be together. But um, the boy and girl uh, are played by Jim Sturgis and Kirsten Dunst. Uh, they've been friends since they were kids. Uh, I guess when they were kids, they found like the highest point of this mountain near where they live, so they can talk to each other. Um, they could be as close as possible, but it's, 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 it's strange. So if, if you somewhat make it to the other earth, the gravitational pull will mix and you could end up like spontaneously combusting. So the science is a little weird, um, <laughs> but it's, 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 it's interesting and it's a low budget film and it's $50 million budget, but, um, the look of it looks way more expensive. It looks like a $100 million movie for sure. I mean, so they definitely use their money very well. Um, but the, the, the with the plot is they, they, they love each other, but then something happens. Uh, an accident happens, and they're forced to separate. They're being hunted by this interplanetary police force that forbids them to be together. 
Um, so they get separated for 10 years. And 10 years later, um, it's uh, Adam and Eden are their names. Um, so Adam uh, does anything he possibly can to find her and get up there um, to be with her. And But, you know, physics doesn't really allow this. So it's very interesting. I saw it... Um, I worked at Blockbuster and we had like one copy of it on the shelf because it was one of those straight to video movies. We only had the one copy and I was like, this sounds interesting. And then it just, I watched the trailer for it and the trailer was really cool looking. Um, like I said, the plot is very, you know, standard, but uh, the look and the, the, the world that, that was created is what is the selling point for sure. Um, and then it was a 3D release. So I got to see it. Uh, the Blu-ray 3D, and it is one of the coolest 3D movies I've ever watched. I'll so, have to watch it in 3D. Um, like I said, if you if you're gonna watch it, you know, the, like I said, the plot, it's predictable, but you're watching it for the effects and just everything else around it. Yeah, which I remember liking that movie, and I do like Jim Sturgis. He's great. I first saw him in Across the Universe, which. I first saw him in I 21. Love that movie. Oh, that movie is also great. Kirsten Dunst is okay. You know, I liked yeah. her in Spider-Man, but um Come on, <laughs> Virgin I... Suicides and <laughs> I uh I think the first movie I saw her in was maybe Bring It On. Me, it's Interview with the Vampire. She was like oh, 10. Oh yeah. But I don't think I I, I <laughs> But think I didn't I really know who she was. I saw Interview so, with the yeah. Vampire. But yeah, no, that was that was She was great in Fargo. The show, There's, the show. Oh, I never Fargo. saw the show. I only seen the movie. She Movie's was great. One of the seasons, and she was good in that. She actually uh, met her husband and is married to the guy that played her husband in one of the seasons. I can't remember. I think second season. She's oh. in because uh, every season is different. Right, like True Detective. Every yeah. season. Those are two shows. I know they're different, but I they're uh, those are two shows that are on my list that I need to watch. That I yeah, you definitely seen. should watch Fargo. We loved it. <laughs> I don't know what they're on. So. Uh, I think Hulu. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, that that makes me sound like I'm, uh, you know, because I'm the type that watches no. them weekly. So I, we we get spoiled with no commercials. So when we, we have do. to watch commercials, like, ugh, God. It's, know, it's like when you're watching ad. YouTube videos. It's ninety in those second ads. ad. It's horrible. <laughs> it seems like a lifetime, but it really isn't. <laughs> um. So yeah, that about wraps up our first episode of um underrated gems like i said i do want to do a second part uh to this uh it still won't contain horror flicks because those will be separate but i've already while talking about this the in, in this episode i've been writing down different movies I as i've not. been talking i think <laughs> so, i've thought of one because there's there's a ton out there but like i said these are subjective these are just uh, our opinions on what we think are underrated gems if you don't like any of these movies that we've talked about that's okay I'm not mad Everybody's different with their movies. And if you think they're overrated, that's fine, too. That's fine, too. <laughs> there are a lot of overrated movies out there, but, you know. But I will say, you know, give it give it a chance. There's there's some you, you, that most people won't like. I know a lot of people didn't like Dark City. Like I said, it was very complex for a lot of people. It was too slow for some people. But I don't mind that kind of stuff. Like I said, it's just for me. Um, the same with Upside Down. It's It's kind of slow as well, but it's just it's different but i definitely recommend the big hit to everybody you know that movie is very fast paced and it's fun so 
Definitely Scott Pilgrim, too. And Scott, oh <laughs> and Guns Akimbo. Yeah. So good. That was almost on my list, too, but. Well, I got you covered. You got, you got yeah. me covered. That's right. <laughs> All right. See ya.